Welcome to the Holistic Psychiatrist Podcast, a place for inspiration, insight, and information on holistic mental health. Join your host, Dr. Alice Lee, and discover critical information on safe, effective psychiatric medication withdrawal. Explore new ideas that enlighten and expand the mind with cutting-edge authors and experts, along with former patients as they share their miraculous healing journeys. It's time to build your well-being from the thought up. It's time for the Holistic Psychiatrist Podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Alice Lee. Hello and welcome to the Holistic Psychiatrist Podcast, where building well-being from the thought up creates miraculous healing journeys. I'm your host, Dr. Alice Lee, the Holistic Psychiatrist practicing in Lehigh, Utah. Today, I have a wonderful guest. His name is Alex Hermosillo, and also with him is Amy Lalakata, and they both work at the Mastery of Energy Healing, which is located in Phoenix, Arizona. The reason why I wanted especially to invite Alex to my podcast is because he has amazing abilities to help people heal through his profound understanding about energy healing. And he has had a lot of success with people who have been chronically ill and have had no other way of getting better. And he's been really helpful in their recovery. So let me give you their information, contact information now, so you can have some idea how to reach him if you need to contact him. His website is masteryofenergyhealing.com, M-A-S-T-E-R-Y-O-F-E-N-E-R-G-Y-H-E-A-L-I-N-G.com. So masteryofenergyhealing.com. Their telephone number is 480-345-9972. Alex works with healers and clinicians and people from all over the world. He has helped thousands and thousands of people with his healing abilities. He's also the author of a book called A True Story of Hope, Healing, and Miracles, in which he talks about his healing journey and some of the experiences that he's had in his life, not only in terms of his ability to heal, but also his near-death experience that taught him a lot about the heavenly realm, which I always find really fascinating. So welcome, Alex and Amy. I'm so glad that you're willing to be here on my podcast. Dr. Let's just get started because I would love to have everybody listening, learn more about you, share with us a little bit about your history and how you became this amazing energy healer that you are today. Well, yes, thank you. When I was a little child, we're talking about five or six years of age. I remember hugging my mother once and she looked at me and she said, Alex, while you're hugging me, I could feel energy, warmth and heat coming from your hands, from your body. And I looked at her and I said, I'm healing you. So that's when I recognized it and acknowledged it. But I had nine brothers and sisters and you know, no one talked about that. And my, mo- my mother never brought it up again, but I know that she was aware of it. So life just moved on, you know, the years went on and everything. And and I really didn't talk to anybody about it until many years later, my brother and I, uh, we had a business in Mexico. We had a restaurant. And one day 
while we're at the restaurant in Mexico, a friend of ours ran into the restaurant. She was holding her six-month-old dying baby girl, and she cried out to me and said, Alex, please help me. My baby is dying. She has a temperature of 102 or 3. She could barely breathe, and she has a rash all over her body. And as I looked at her baby, its limbs were lifeless. And I said to her, I extended my arms and I said to her, hand me your baby and I'll be back in a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. And this friend of ours handed me her little baby girl. Behind the restaurant, there was a little house that my brother and I would sleep in. So I walked over to this little house behind the restaurant, laid the baby on the mattress. And I remember looking at her as she was trying to breathe, not trying to stay alive. And I put my hands over her. And for reasons unknown to me, I cried out, you are healed. And suddenly a burst of energy went into me and expanded throughout the entire room. Moments later, a second burst of energy went through me and expanded and went out of my hands. My eyes were closed at the time. And I remember the energy flowing out of my hands. It was actually rocking me a little bit. Mm -hmm. And after a couple minutes, it stopped. I did not hear the baby gasping for air anymore. Mm -hmm. So I just opened up one of my eyes to look at her. And then I opened both of my eyes. The rash was completely gone. It was breathing normally. And it was talking to me. Its eyes were clear. And I touched her forehead. And it was cool to the touch. Mm. And I realized at that time that the, a miracle happened. That a miracle happened. And, and it was very challenging for me to, to be in that presence mm. of what I could only call the divine and I, I got really emotional and I actually began to cry and I, and I wiped some tears from my eyes and I picked up the child and took it out back to its mother. It, it, was, uh, it, it was a big change. And that night, mm -hmm. the gift of healing was awakened to its fullest potential. Wow. To its fullest potential. It, it, it was extremely powerful. Did you feel different after that experience, personally? Yeah, yes. The next day when I woke up, I looked at myself in the mirror, and I knew that I've changed. I looked different. My face was different. And I felt different. It was almost like I was multidimensional, but also th there was this intense wisdom or, or knowledge that I knew, but I wasn't able to harness it yet to get to it. At that time, Alex, how old were you? It happened in 1996. So I'm 61 now. So, so it's 49. Like, He's about 40. 40 what? <laughs> 30, I was 38 years of age. <laughs> I, do that, I do that too with the uh, calculations. Like how old? How many? Okay. Yeah. So you were 30. You were 38 at the time? Yes. So... After that was when you had the near-death experience. Is that right? Oh, yes. Well, after that experience, I, I really didn't want anything to do with it. It was scary. And I didn't want anything to do with it. It was so frightening. And so I just set it to the side. 
I spoke to my mother about it once and a couple of friends, and that was it. But a year later, I was rushed to the hospital emergency room due to internal bleeding. And I remember laying there uh, on this bed and these doctors and nurses surrounding me doing their very, very best to try and save my life. And then suddenly everything became quiet. Then a beautiful golden mist entered the room and consumed it and everything disappeared. The next thing I knew, I was probably 20, 30 feet above the ground and I'm looking down and I saw my mother, my father, my nine brothers and sisters and the woman that rushed me to the emergency room all looking up at me. And at that moment, I knew that my time here on earth was over and I knew everyone would be okay if I left them. So I waved goodbye to them, turned around, looked towards the sky and I began to fly. I then hit clouds and I broke through the clouds and I saw a pinpoint the white light. And I cried out once again, faster, faster, faster. And I accelerated my speed. I entered into the light and I felt a love and a profound peace that I never experienced here on earth before. And I knew it was home and the presence of the divine, the one that they call God. Well, I'm up there, I'm looking around and I can see other souls and each soul had a different amount of light. The more compassionate, the more kind, the more loving they were, the more light that they had. And then at a great distance, I saw what I call the great beams of light. These were, I can only describe the Mother Teresa's, the Gandhi's, the Martin Luther King's, the Jesus's, Buddha's, Krishna's, the Mother Mary's of the world, these great teachers. And I remember I, I had a thought and I said, I want to be that light. I moved closer to them. And then one of them approached me and began to share great wisdom and knowledge. And it, it didn't speak to me with its voice. It just looked at me and shared this power, this wisdom. And I was told many, many things. But the one thing that was most profound for me was that all pain and suffering that humanity experiences was due to the lack of light. That the light was brave, all nurturing, all healing energy. Light is energy. Light is life. After information was shared with me, this being of just walked in and it was like an anointment or something like that. So it entered me. The next thing I knew, I woke up and I was in the hospital the next morning. And I remember waking up and it was devastating for me. I just came from this great place of peace and love. And now I'm back here on earth. And it was really devastating. Uh, the woman that rushed me to the emergency room knew that something terribly wrong was wrong with my emotions. So she just came up, gave me a kiss. And with that, I, I thought it would be okay to stay here on earth. But when she walked up to me to give me the kiss, I could feel her energy as she approached me. I could feel her. I could also sense her love, her compassion, peace, and joy. 
but also her grief, sadness, and pain that she experienced in her life. And also, I was still like, I was half in heaven and half in earth because I could see ancestors, her ancestors, and also angelic beings still. And, it's, you know, just, it was really distressing for me to be able to see her aura field, her, the energy that her body, her emotions, her soul was producing, all that light. Just, I had to calm myself down and, and just be okay with being here. But it was like when I went to the light, all of my fear, shame, grief, all of my heartaches and pain I experienced here on earth was pulled out of me. Mm-hmm. So when I returned, I was pure. I was like a brand new newborn baby. At the time when you started experiencing all of that energy from the person, you said she was a nurse? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. She, yeah. So when you experienced the nurse's energies, was that the first time that you could do it to that extent? Yes, uh, she was the only person in, in the room at that time. So yeah, when I came in contact with, and actually she, she was the woman that rushed me to the emergency room, but she was a nurse also. Yeah, it was the first person that I came in contact with when I returned from the heavenly realms. So that happened with her, but then a nurse came in and I could feel her, her energy, also her emotions and et cetera. That's what I was left with from that moment on, feeling, knowing past, present, future. I was so very, very sensitive to everybody, you know, sensitive to everybody's energies. When you say that you came back from the heavenly realm and you felt like you were just pure and changed from that experience, do you think, Alex, that all of these souls, if we all had those negative energies pulled out of us that are in nature, is to be, as you say, this pure energy that can sense other people's energies at that level of sensitivity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely true. Yes. It's just like... If an individual walks into a room and, and uh, they see a friend, hey, how are you doing? You know, they're very kind, loving, give me a hug, right? Or if they walk into a different room and there's someone there that starts yelling at them and, you know, frustrated and angry, well, we're going to feel that and we're, we're not going to be comfortable or enjoy being in a room where the individual is yelling and screaming. But we're going to feel very nurtured and kind and uplifted by being in a room where the person is very nice to us and hugs us and cares about us. Well, one of the things that you mentioned makes me think about a a phenomenon in psychiatry where as a holistic psychiatrist, I see a lot, and that is the blocking of both thoughts and memories and even emotions from trauma. So we protect ourselves with these layers of blockages. Unfortunately, those blockages also block positive energy coming through And part of our efforts to heal patients is to really help them to be able to release the trauma so that they can like let go of the blockages and allow good energy to flow to them as well. And I wonder if we carry so many blockages that we've blocked our innate ability to be this pure ball of energy like you were when you were sent back from heaven. And and yes, that's true. We begin to absorb energy and information from the time that we're in our mother's womb okay mm-hmm. so so if we think about it, if we're in our mother's womb and she's doing well she's very nurtured and love and you know, everything's great that information and energy enters into the child mm-hmm. correct right. but 
if if a mother has a child in the womb and her life is stressful, there's a lot of anxiety, even grieving, and, and you know, and, and et cetera, abuse. I mean, it could be many different things that everyday people go through in their lives here on earth. That information and energy is going to be in the child. So when a child is delivered to this world, we have that information and energy inside of us. Every single cell of our body stores information from the moment we're in the, in the womb into now. Okay, let's say into the now. Every experience of happiness, joy, peace, and love is within us. But also every experience of grief, disappointment, and happiness, trauma, and pains within us too. Everyone has a different life. So some may go through much more traumatic experiences, as you're very aware of, doctor, you know, depending how they're raised, uh, what their experiences are, uh, who their parents are, who they surround themselves with. So it's correct. There are layers and layers. Okay? But I can say this. Every soul, every individual knows what love is, that energy that a great compassion. So when people come to my office or we do a distant healing phone session or even a Skype session, we send them the energy and information of light, love, and healing. The individual will recognize this love energy. As in heaven, I was told, the light is all loving, nurturing, creative energy. So this, the soul of the individual recognizes this. Mm-hmm. Their heart recognizes this. So in most cases, people feel it. They may not understand what they're feeling, but they feel the soul recognizes it and feels it. The heart recognizes it and feels it. And also it feels good for them. It feels good to receive unconditional love, that vibration, that energy. And, and they begin to heal. That's a beautiful thing. And you mentioned that when you came back and you had this amazing ability, that it wasn't an easy experience for you to, to have, that initially you said if it was distressing to have that shift for you in your life. How did you start to move in a direction where you felt comfortable with your new gifts and abilities? Well, Dr. Lee, when I came back and I began, of course, I'm pure, I was pure, or pure energy, pure heart, pure consciousness, pure thoughts, you know, because of the purification I received. When I began to come in contact with many people and feel their sadness and grief, for example, my my chest would get heavy. I would actually have an achiness in my chest. I would begin to feel their aches and pains. And plus, you know, joint problems, this, stomach problems. And also, because seeing so much, you know, I'm seeing their sisters, I'm seeing angels, and I'm seeing, like, what happened to them as children, what happened to them yesterday or today, the future, and et cetera. It was a lot for me, a tremendous lot for me. And it was so overwhelming and, and, and scary. I began to drink heavily. That wasn't helping Still having the experience. And then I became suicidal, became a drug addict, and I actually became homeless. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting that being homeless, I was away from most people. You know, it's basically me in the streets, you know, kindness from individuals helped me here and there. But 
more or less, I was reflecting a lot about my experience going to the light, to the place of heaven, what I learned up there. And I began to realize that all pain and suffering that humanity experiences was due to lack of light. Mm-hmm. And I thought, my God, I need more light. So what happened, Dr. Lee, I, I just placed my hands on my chest and I began to repeat after me, you know, I am light. I am love. I am healing. And I would breathe that in and I would do that every morning and afternoon and evening. And by doing that, a couple of things happened. I began to disperse, get rid of other people's emotions and, and griefs and pain because two energies cannot occupy the same space. And this is with the trillions of cells in the body. If, if you think of the heart alone, mm-hmm. how much information is in the heart? A tremendous amount of information is in the heart. So when I was bringing light, love, and healing into my heart and breathing that in, It was dissipating sadness, grief, distress, pain, loneliness, all of that. So my heart became more pure, expanding into the rest of my body, into my consciousness, my thoughts, my beliefs, thinkings, and memories. And I realized after I went through that cycle of my life, it was only a cycle. I went through those experiences so I could understand the challenges of what humanity goes through. Mm-hmm. You know, I did not know it at the time, but I was being prepared to help others to, you know, to understand them, their despair, their grief, their pain. So, so I, I felt, you know, it was like God saying to me, Alex, we're going to send you to school. And I'm like, where? Harvard, Yale? Because no, school. So I went to school. It's so interesting that you say this because I almost feel like the better healers are the ones who actually sank down to the depths in order to gain the wisdom that they need to have about suffering. And yes. then they're allowed to truly be a good healer because without that level of compassion, mm-hmm. I, I doubt that people can have the commitment to this work. Oh, th- that's ab- absolutely true, Dr. Lee. Compassion is a tremendous amount of light. Mm. Compassion. Love is a tremendous amount of light. Caring is a tremendous amount of light. I mean, it's a it's a life force energy. It's it's powerful. You know, it's what created the heavens and everything. Wow, that's amazing. yeah. So if one goes through those great challenges and then is still compassionate, loving, and kinder, and even greater, that that soul, that that heart of the individual, their body, their consciousness is able to manifest and create even greater amounts of light. Mm, I, I think part of that actually mm-hmm. also is that when you go through these great challenges, you gain a tremendous amount of wisdom. And through the struggles, of course, you've been there. So you really relate to what people are going through. You've already been there. And there is no judgment to other people as well. Right. You know, in a strange way, our reward from these challenges and struggles is the wisdom we gain from those experiences and that compassion, like Alex says, builds tremendous light within a soul, a person. Yeah. Thank you, Amy, for that. And I was remembering someone talking about it as post-traumatic growth, as opposed Mm to post-traumatic stress disorder. This growth can happen. Can you maybe enlighten us a little bit about 
what allows us to grow from something like that versus just being destroyed by it. When we go through challenges, how we relate to those challenges is really important. In a simple kind of example, if it rains outside, if it's raining outside and you get caught in the rain, are you in despair? Are you crying? Are you hopeless? Or are you jumping in the rain, dancing in the rain? Are you doing your best to maybe cope within the rain to learn? It's an opportunity to learn and to grow through every experience that we have here on earth. And those of us, anybody who relates to their challenges and say, what's the opportunity here? What can I learn? I could call these all mistakes that I'm making, or can I call them and bring forward the lessons that I take from these experiences? It's finding that silver lining in every experience, for me anyway. Yes, and it's true because it's like we have an experience and we can either dwell on it or move forward with it. When we're born, we're not given an owner's manual when we come to earth, are we? No. So most of us are doing the very best that we can while we're here on earth. And since we don't have that owner's manual to tell us what to do, what not to do, who to hang out with, who not to hang out with, what to eat, what not to eat, we continue to do the best with our decisions. And it's how we feel about our decisions after we, we make that commitment to do this or not do that. It's interesting because sometimes positive experiences can create distressing reactions. As you mentioned, you know, having healed the baby and having experienced that miracle and having had an opportunity to go to heaven doesn't necessarily mean that it makes your whole life perfect after that. In fact, it was very challenging for you. So that's interesting for me to hear because I've never had that kind of experience in my life. And so I assume that people who have had such wonderful experiences must come back with just feeling great. But it wasn't that case for you. And you speak from experience. At the beginning, yes, it's concerning. It, it's, it's frightening. You know, it's scary. The unknown of these beautiful gifts. But because of the healing of a child, when another individual that's on life support, stage four cancer, that, that they don't know if they're going to make it or their loved ones don't know. Because of that very first experience, it's always, I'll do my very best. And what will be, will be. For we send to you light, love, and healing. Now, in regards to the second great experience of going to heaven, there's no such thing as death, but only a new beginning. When my father, my mother transitioned, I experienced it much It was much different for me than my nine brothers and sisters, my siblings, because I've been to heaven. They haven't. So I was more at peace with it. And knowing also they didn't go someplace. They're just on a different vibration, different frequency. So since I've been in heaven, I can see them pretty much when I want to, Hmm. you know, and speak to them like they're still here. And this happens also when I'm working with some clients. Intentionally, I don't want to see their loved ones or ancestors, but once in a while, a loved one or ancestor would pop up and show themselves to me to give a message to their loved one that's here on earth, because they might be dealing with a severe illness or something emotional or et cetera. But yeah, it it helps. I'm blessed to, to have those gifts. And I love helping people. Amy loves helping people. And that's our life. 
mm-hmm. you know, doing our very best with the amount of time we have here on earth to, to help others, to yeah. uplift. Well, you had this desire in heaven to be one of the great beings of light and to be able to have their level of light in terms of compassion and power. And certainly when you came back, that is the kind of life you're fashioning now as a healer. You've been helping thousands of people all over the world. And, you know, I I know you personally as someone who is very gentle and loving. You just radiate a, a, a deep sense of kindness, even though I would imagine, you know, everybody's warts too. Well, Let's say this, I, I do my very best not to pay attention to that. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm in a presence of someone, it's like God sent me back to earth. Because Alex, be my representative. Share the light with them. Share love with my children. You know, in the beginning, I felt this great burden. Like, okay, Alex, the angels <laughs> are here with you. They're watching you. You know, the God's here with you. And don't make a mistake. And, and now, and so... <laughs> I never judge anyone. I don't mm-hmm. judge a single individual, but we send everyone the exact same amount of light, love, and healing. It just happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, the judgment, I, I recognize when individuals shouldn't be doing what they're doing. I, I just... You know. I think we empathize. <laughs> yes. We have a tremendous amount of empathy. Yeah, we do. We know it's a hard life out there. Yes. And like you said, these challenges, we've been there too. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we know we know how tough it is. Exactly. So we, we we impart an opportunity and suggestions and and just let them make their choices. They're on their spiritual path, just as we all are on our spiritual path. Yeah. Every soul is here on their journey. Yeah, their spiritual evolution, the journey of evolution. Yeah, and I believe that sometimes when we see someone who's going through a very very difficult journey in their life just because they're down and they're not able to function well doesn't mean that they aren't one of the bravest of spirits because they want to be able to be challenging themselves in ways that are very difficult and they want to overcome it so that they can go back to heaven with lots of wisdom and understanding and empathy. So whatever it is that they're experiencing on earth, we don't have the ability to see through clearly from our end the spiritual purpose of things. That's absolutely, Dr. Lee. I remember once. Absolutely right. Yeah. I remember once during our lunch break, I went someplace to get Amy and I some lunch. And there was this man, homeless man. And it was hot because we're here in Arizona. And it must have been about 110 or something. And all these individuals were going in, in and out of the restaurant. And I walked up to him and I asked him, would you like for me to get you something to eat? He said, yes. And I said, what would you like to drink? And he told me what he wanted to drink. And I knew this man, this individual hasn't showered in months. And I knew the clothes he had on were maybe years and years old. You know, they were shredded and everything. And I went in and got his food. I brought it back out to him and I gave it to him. And gave him a little bit of money too. And I went on my way. And as I drove off, I knew that this individual was there to give every single one of us the opportunity to practice compassion. Wow. That's why he was there. And what a strong soul that we choose to have that experience in order to give others an opportunity to grow and to experience themselves as compassion. Exactly. Because compassion is much more wisdom, much more peace, much more joy, Mm -hmm. and abundance of all good things. 
And wow. he was there to give that blessing to anyone that accepted it. And wow. not many accepted it. That's beautiful. You know, when we talk about energy healing, it's a, a complicated subject. And I wanted to talk with you about this energy healing that you do in your mastery of energy healing courses. I do believe though, with energy healing, whatever is being sent by the healer is almost as individualistic as the healer themselves. So what do you think about this whole concept of energy healing and how energy healing works with different practitioners? And maybe share a little bit more about your understanding of energy healing and how it happens. Every practitioner, you know, it, no matter what type of energy healing they're practicing or doing, it will depend on the amount of love and compassion that they have. Going back to more love is more light, more compassion is more light, more energy, more, more healing power. So each individual would have different amounts of light. Just like me being in heaven, looking at all the souls, each soul was different. Some had a lot of light because there were great, kind, loving, compassionate souls. You know? So that's real here on earth too. If the individual energy healer has great amount of compassion and love, that energy is within them and it will flow to the recipient, to the individual that's asking for it. Mm-hmm. So everyone's going to be different. I'm here to provide unconditional love to the individual and that's from my whole heart from my 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 total existence as i mentioned to be the presence of god's love for people and everyone is different every technique is different there is a a beautiful woman that had a beautiful technique of healing her name was mother Teresa. there's a story about her being in india working with the sickest of the sick and the poorest of the poor And she would simply walk up to an individual, look into their eyes, and it was irrelevant if they lived or died, for once again, they felt the presence of the divine of God, just to remember that divine presence. That's wonderful. When you're talking about energy flowing through these individuals who are energy healers, one thing I think is important for us to talk about is that this energy isn't coming from the person, but the person might be a channel for that positive life energy and that their light is coming from their connection to that energy, almost like, you know, an antenna plug, like a plug. Yeah. Like an antenna. And because I think if you think that that energy is coming from one's own personal energy space and you give that energy away to a -hmm. patient, I think over time, that depletes the clinician and they can get very sick if they use their own energy up. But if, if they understand that the energy is coming and flowing through them because they're like a straw that allows the energy to flow through, I think mm-hmm. that allows them to continue to have their own energy for themselves. That, that's absolutely correct. It, it, it is. Uh, if an individual wants to use their own energy, they're going to be depleted. And, right. and also pick up all the lower vibrations of the individual they're working on. Yeah, the aches and pains, illness, mm-hmm. emotional, physical. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. That's why there's so many healers that take Alex's classes. 
Mm-hmm. In a way, I, I, you know, they come to him and they're, they've tried, so they love people and they want to help too, right? Yeah. But they get dragged down by all the lower vibrations and it can create everything from emotional distress to physical illness. Yeah. And so I, I kind of call Alex the healer's healer because mm-hmm. he kind of reminds them that they're meant to be a conduit for the light, the life force energy. And also after working on clients to release the lower energies of your client is very, very important. And acknowledging that is really important, giving it back to the light. <laughs> exactly. That's how one cleanses them, themselves. And that's what I had to learn after I returned from heaven, after I went through the great challenges. For example, for myself, Dr. Lee, mm-hmm. and I, Amy does this also, but in the morning, you know, we both bring in the energy of light, love, and healing into ourselves. And we're going to be doing this a little bit later on the show. So we breathe that in, filling up our heart, our organs, every cell of our body, and expand it. So that's, that is how one's able to awaken, nurture, and harness that energy for oneself to be that higher vibration. And we look at this, one's able to raise their consciousness. I just thought about this several months ago, everyone understands the cloud that computers and cell phones offer, right? Mm -hmm. So if one continues to bring in light, love, and healing, they raise their vibration and they're able to tap into higher levels of the cloud where you receive more information, okay? Where you're able to receive creativity, Mm -hmm. clarity, and channel that through the individual when you perform your, your... healings yeah we like to call this the energy of creation yeah I, I find that to be true that when we are let's say given a special task to accomplish on earth that as long as we can be open to the support from the divine that the energy will flow to us and we will be given the energy that we need to accomplish whatever task we want to. And when I see how much creativity and how much information you have at your disposal, I think of it as a direct relationship to your connectedness to that divine source. And that the more we are connected more wholly to that divine source, I think the more easily information come to us. For example, I know that you can just look at someone and be able to know what their past lives have been or how they've stored energy in a negative way through their traumas in the past, which is obviously not something that I'm able to do in my experience with others. But I have noticed that the more years that I've worked with patients, the more I can become more and more intuitive in my work. Yes. The more that we work with people, the more our hearts open up, our consciousness expands, and we're able to tap in and receive that divine presence and love and, and the great wisdom that comes mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think everybody is dying to hear how they can have the ability to access higher energies. And you've already shared with us already that you have a regular routine in the morning where you do self-care and set those positive intentions and tune into 
being open to love, light, and healing. So any insights that you want the people listening to know in terms of how to access higher energies in their lives? Well, yes, we all come from the same source. So we all have the same light, that energy. One simply needs to care about themselves, love themselves. I tell some people that I'll say our inner child is actually your soul. So we're going to nurture our soul, comfort it, take care of it, love it. It goes, oh, okay. So, and and some people understand it better than you know. We need to take care of yourselves. You know. So, if one thinks as their inner child as their soul, let's do what we can to nurture and support it. So, I simply place my hands in the center of my chest, and and by bringing light, loving, healing into my chest. I am acknowledging to my soul, my spirit, my inner child, to my heart, my body, my consciousness, subconscious, that it is light, that it is love, the energy of love, and that it's the energy of healing, Mm -hmm. healing to balance what is not balanced, to make pure what is not pure. Yes. And even though it sounds really simple, this whole idea of using love energy to help with the healing process. I think of it as a large umbrella that covers many, many areas of dysfunction. And it reminds me of the book Dying to Be Me by Anita Morjani. And I heard her talk at the IONS conference, her near-death experience with cancer, and how when she came back, her cancer actually disappeared. And she was literally like, dying from cancer. She was in the hospital having her last moments. And then she came back and her cancer went away within days. And even when they gave her chemotherapy, she knew that she didn't need it anymore, but she was able to withstand even the toxicity of the chemotherapy at that time. And they realized that the chemo wasn't really doing anything that her cancer was just going into remission automatically. And her message really was that she was connected to the love and she knew that that love was healing her as she was connected to that through her understanding of who she is as a loving energy. And so as a psychiatrist, both a medical professional and someone who's very interested in energy, I'm trying to understand how the physical body can heal so profoundly In your situation, you were able to heal a baby instantly from basically a very near-death experience, and a rash disappeared. So as a psychiatrist and MD, I think about that both from the energetic perspective as well as a biological perspective. From a medical perspective, thinking about all the enzymes and inflammatory parts of the body that needs to happen in order for the baby to heal from the rash and all of the biological changes that have to happen in order for her to start breathing again, it gets very complicated. And yes, yes. But when you work with love, light and healing, and you're connected to the source, it seems ridiculously simple. Well, yes, it is the simplicity. Yeah, it is the simply the simpler, the more powerful. For example, if there's an individual, you have their liver and and the liver only has 70% of energy. That means that 70% of the cells are functioning properly. 
the other 30% are not functioning properly. Okay, they're dormant or they have illness. Mm-hmm. If one is connected in nurture themselves, support, you know, awaken and harness the light, one's able to share it with another. And, and this is basically how it works. You know, the body has energy, but if one has two to three times more energy than the average physical body and one can project it and send it to another, that energy will go to places that are dormant, places that are struggling with illness, places that are struggling with emotional trauma and illness by just projecting it. The light has its own intelligence. intelligence. Yes. Mm. It knows exactly what to do. If the light created you, every cell of your body, your conscious, subconscious, your soul and spirit, it knows what to do. Sending light, love and healing, it knows what to do. Would you say that when you send that energy, that it can actually help with genetic inherited information? Yes, it does. If if it's, it could be physical cancer because we work with uh, many individuals that that have cancer that their parents have cancer or you know grandparents stuff like that. It also happens emotionally too. We had a little girl. Her mother called us because. The little girl was just very angry all the time, very angry. I asked her, well, who's angry in in the family? Is it you or her dad? And she said, it's her father and his mother. Because, okay. (laughs) So uh, we did a distant healing. Yeah, after the first session, 90% of the anger was gone and and the, the mother called us and let us know that it was the first time that the daughter actually hugged her and told her that she loved her. God, it's, it's for a year or something like that. It it was a long time. Yeah. Yeah. We we have the testimonial. We'll get it up on the website here sooner or later. Would you say Alex, that when you send that energy, it's like recharging the batteries and that just like batteries can use up the energy that's stored in it we have to figure out a way to keep recharging the batteries? Oh, definitely. And I can use this as an example. I feel that every individual that's born will have a weakness in their physical body. It may be the liver, it may be a vertebrae. They're just born that way. Or for example, if they delivered, if they're delivered from the womb, maybe there is challenges being delivered from the womb. So maybe the hip gets injured or the neck or shoulder, et cetera. So we call those weak points of the body. Now, as the individual grows up, the person experiences stress, anxiety, worries, and fears. The human body has its own mechanism to disperse it through the meridians that actually comes out of our feet. But once we get overloaded with anxiety, stress, worries, fears, and now maybe throwing some grief, the body's not able to disperse it through the meridians out of our feet into the ground. So it'll search for the weak points of the body and begin to accumulate in those joints, bones, organs, or, or even the, the mind, the consciousness of the individual. Because the body doesn't, I was going to say, the weak points don't have enough energy to disperse it. It's, it's like a broken link. Yeah. Lack so of it energy. starts, accu- the lower energies start accumulating there. It may be related to some of the experiences that I've heard 
where let's say a person who have had sexual uh, abuse in the past might start to experience dysfunction in their reproductive organs, for example. Yes. Yeah. Because those organs have been traumatized. Exactly. That they, the, they become has the memories. Yes. Yes. Okay. But it's interesting to me that the trauma history and the areas of the body that end up with health problems seems to correlate so closely and so symbolically sometimes. And, and that's absolutely true. Many of our clients that have breast tumors, cancer in the breast, when we work on them, a tremendous amount of grief. A I tremendous see. amount of grief, yeah. I think lack of nurturing also from parents or lack of love, it's a, it's a nurturing area of the body. If there wasn't a lot of nurturing, I also find that that area of the body really uh, tends to become physically ill. It yeah. eventually, mm-hmm. right? It yeah. has a tend- tendency right, mm-hmm. to become ill. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. It reminds me of a profound insight I once had about love. And that was that as children, we forget that love comes from divine source because we're so dependent on our parents. And so we think that love comes from our parents. Mm -hmm. And if we become dependent on our parents' love and they're not loving, then Mm -hmm. we can suffer greatly. But one of the things that I've shown to my patients is if you set an intention to connect to life energy, which is this idea of perfect divine source, where it carries this energy of unconditional love. I have seen patients' energies shift from their baseline to being very strong immediately as they reconnect to that source of energy. I think that we are all able to connect to that source very easily, but we get sidetracked from a very young age to think that the love actually comes from people, not from divine source. That's because that's what we're taught, right? Yes, that's true. And we're here to remind people of a different, right, mm-hmm. of who they truly are. Mm-hmm. And, and that divine source comes actually from within themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, you were starting to share some interesting healing stories, and I wanted to invite you to share some other stories that you wanted to tell us about in this podcast as illustrations of maybe some principles that we need to know about energy healing. Well, we we had a client that had severe heart disease. He had a quadruple bypass surgery had several operations. He was at the National Institute of Health where they did experimental stem cell research on him. And he was taking 22 to 23 different medications a day. 32, sweetheart. Excuse me. He was taking 32 different (laughs) medications. He was taking 32 different medications a day. Mm -hmm. And when he came to, to, to see us, he was an oxygen in a wheelchair. Looking at him, you know, just I had great compassion for this individual. And I simply placed my hand over his chest. And right away, I could feel the energy just leaving my, that my hand into his chest. You know, this is an individual that's been in a wheelchair for years. And after we were done, he said he could breathe deeply. But then we, he contacted us later and, and said that he went ballroom dancing for two hours and the that, next night 
the next night <laughs> and when the doctors checked his chest x-rays all the scar tissue was gone and they realized that there was no sign he ever had heart disease you know and there's you know this there's a lot more details to it because he was also taking up to 16 nitroglycerin glycerin pills a day and after the session he went to zero and he, he basically stopped most of his medications after that session Well, if he had taken 32 medications along with all of those nitroglycerin pills and he had been well, I would imagine that those meds can kill him. Yes. Yes. And and the doctors did tell him the 16 nitroglycerin pills a day, the doctor says, it'll kill you. And he said, if I don't take them, it will kill me. The pain. Yeah, that's, that's a beautiful one. But there has been many and many. You know what I find interesting, Dr. Alice, is Mm -hmm. when... That client came to see us. It was the first year that Alex and I were together and we've been together 16 years now. Mm-hmm. And we were doing our sessions out of our home. And so I remember when this client came and I could hear them through the door and Alex was telling jokes for like the first 20 minutes and they were just laughing and giggling like little boys And I thought, Alex, do the healing. (laughs) But what's interesting is I think that that was a large reason why he became so comfortable with Alex and his heart opened Mm -hmm. because he was having heart disease. You know what I mean? I think it helped open him up for that. And when he left, he looked so different Mm -hmm. that it's amazing and gratifying being the person who watches people who are in pain, whether it's physical or emotional distress, come in, they could be crying. And when they leave, they're smiling, they're laughing with Alex, it's like their eyes are bright. It's really quite amazing. So that's kind of thing that I think Alex also has a tremendous gift is to help people feel comfortable and to feel safe and to feel loved Mm -hmm. and no fear in the room whatsoever. Yes. Thank you. And that's just one of many. And I I know that we left out that when he showed up at the house, he had, he was in a wheelchair, electric wheelchair. He left without it. He he, he walked out with it. And yeah. yeah. And also ballroom dancing. He was happy to tell us that he only stopped dancing because his wife got tired. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's a miracle. And that's why I was going to talk about this podcast is about miracle healings because mm-hmm. the speed of healing is so accelerated that it does feel incredibly mind-blowing to hear about it. Alex, can you share with us a story about healing from mental illness, like something chronic, like chronic schizophrenia or something that is considered very difficult to treat? Mm. Mm. I have a story that comes to mind, Mm -hmm. unless you do, sweetheart. This is kind of an interesting story because it also deals a little bit. Let's see. I'll try to shorten it. We had a mother who lives in Canada and had a 16-month-old child in her kitchen, and she was cooking with boiling water. One thing led to another and the pot of boiling water spilled and the child was right there and the pot of boiling water spilled over the child, Mm. creating third degree burns. That's another story about the child healing because one of our students who had taken Alex's class once 
she did a long distance healing. It was her friend. And she did a long distance healing for that child was incredible healing that the next morning, the baby wasn't all blistered and all of those things. It had like pink skin, new skin and all of that. Mm -hmm. And the mother was so grateful, but the mother was traumatized emotionally. She was in such distress. She called me three times. She was crying every time because she couldn't believe that she, she felt guilty that this happened. And I think that she could still hear her child crying, right. Mm -hmm. And hearing that. So she actually flew down from Canada. And when she came through our door, she was still crying. And that's a trauma. That's an emotional trauma, right? That's a memory. And when she came out of the healing room with Alex, and this is one of those examples, you see her smiling, you see her laughing, you know, even our thoughts, our emotions, our memories, our energy as well. And Alex has this ability to release those lower energies, regardless if it's physical, all energy is energy, right? But she said, it's like, it's still in my memory, but I'm no longer attached to the pain of that memory. So he helps them release those, those energies of trauma and replaces them with light, love and healing, those higher vibrations that nurture, support and bring healing to mind body and spirit. And that, I don't know if you even remember that story. Yes, I do. Okay. That also happens with the veterans from the Afghanistan, Iraq wars, you know, it'll just, they're so traumatized and they come in and it's just, it's like, it's a cleansing emotionally for them, physically from their memories. Some individuals will still have the memory of it, but as Amy mentioned, there's no attachment to it. There's no attachment. One of the most beautiful experiences, well, there's so many of them, mm-hmm. is a woman coming to see me. She was in a concentration camp in, in Poland by the Nazis. Mm-hmm. And her, no, her parents were there, her older brother, and they all perish. Except for her. Except for her. Right. She was the only one that survived. And you know, just to understand and know what she went through. I remember her laying down and I was consumed by the love of the divine. I remember it being with me and then it just came out of me like a wave into her. And that after the session, she was feeling so much better, just walking on air, just the, the weight of the world and her life here on earth was lifted from her. And and that's one, that's just one of many, many more beautiful experiences that Amy and I had. Amy had this incredible experience with this little boy named Leo. Remember Leo? Yeah, that's a physical one. We were talking about emotional trauma. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But uh, yeah, in regards to emotional trauma, yeah, just, we could say that the soul was traumatized piece mm-hmm. of an experience. The soul is an accumulation of all experiences of all lifetimes, both good and bad. So when the, the soul is traumatized, we can think of it this way, it has less light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's been traumatized. It's, you know. So when the individual comes in by nurturing the soul, and it, it always begins with the soul. It begins with the soul and it expands into their emotions, into their physical body, into their existence. But 
it, it's so important. The soul that people need to understand that the soul does get traumatized because it's an accumulation of all experiences, you know, and, and one can nurture support the, the soul. And, and the same thing as that's why sometimes I call it with, you know, certain clients goes, you know, it's your inner child, you know, that that's what I believe that the soul is your inner child. Well, so many people want to have access to your healing. And I know that you do long distance healing through the phone. I was wondering, does it make a difference whether you do long distance versus when they travel and fly from Canada to your, you know, office? Is there a difference in terms of maybe effectiveness? Or does long distance depend more on the individual's faith and openness? Love has no boundaries. So what I have experienced myself personally, and I know Amy has experienced this also, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter if the individual is in the office, if it's phone session, if it's Skype session, or is distant. 50% of our clients are distant healings. We also do kitty cats and, and, and doggies, you know, horses and animals. And when I work either their photo or their name, first and last name is a register of their soul of who they are. And it carries that vibration. So I simply place my hand over their photo or, or their name and I could feel them right away instantly. I could feel the heaviness, the achiness in the bodies, when I have my eyes closed, I'm actually looking into their body like an x-ray machine. They, they should be you know, lit up completely. As I mentioned in heaven, the souls had light. Mm-hmm. So if there's lacking light, I could, first of all, feel it, but intuitively I could see it in, in their physical bodies. So if it's in the brain, you know, lacking light, that means, you know, there's trauma, disease in the brain or emotionally or the lower organs, the womb, the knees, et cetera. Yeah. I, I know that Amy's had some incredible experiences here with the uh, distance healings too. I would love for her to share a story that, that I just thought was incredible, it ha- even though it happened several years ago. But yeah, I'd like to Amy share that story with about little Leo. Little Leo, yes. I mean, what, what's funny about Alex too is that he's kind of like the Energizer Bunny. It's like what you think, Dr. Lee. When there's more energy, there's more light. That's the connection to the divine, right? That's where infinite possibilities reside. So Alex is kind of like the energizer bunny that energizes everybody. They're they're light. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how they heal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But whether it's in person or over the telephone or remotely, the positive results are the same. Long distance healings, in some cases, I find to be sometimes more powerful because the person's not sitting there right in front of you, all this dense energy, this dense physical matter. And while they're sitting on the table, they're not afraid. They're not asking questions while he's sending them healing energies. Their ego doesn't get in the way. You know what I'm saying? When someone's long distance, they're just maybe resting peacefully or going about their day at work. And you send the healing energies and the energy flow flows very easily. And so... For the one time when I took Alex's classes, there was a time when Alex was really working very hard. Very, very long hours. Yeah, Yeah. very long hours, lots of clients, lots of people needed help. And he really, he was at that point in time, he was trying to help everybody. We were learning that lesson, huh? Yes. And um, (laughs) it's true, right? Yeah, I went through that too myself. It is an important lesson to learn. Mm -hmm. 
and to balance and to master. Mm-hmm. But I had gotten a call at the end of the day. This mother lived in Minnesota and her 18 month old son was diagnosed with a testicular tumor. It had markers for cancer. Mm. And the doctors were so concerned that the type of cancer they suspected tended to spread very quickly. So they had scheduled surgery immediately the next morning. So we agreed to do a long distance healing for little Leo Mm -hmm. for during the time he was in the surgery Mm -hmm. in the morning, first thing in the morning. And that night, the night before the surgery, I came home and I was looking at Alex and He'd been working so hard and I really wanted to help him. And I also wanted to help this child Mm -hmm. because we can become depleted as well when we overwork ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we had a photo of Leo Mm -hmm. and I took the photo and I thought, I'm going to send Leo some healing energy. I took little Leo's picture and I looked at him and he was so beautiful. And I started sending healing energies to him, to his photo, long distance And I remember telling him, Leo, you don't have to have this cancer. You don't have to, you don't need it anymore. I sat for another minute or so. And suddenly I felt on my middle finger, like a bee stung me. I mean, it just hit really hard and it really hurt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I thought, okay, well, enough of that. (laughs) (laughs) that's enough of that so I put his Leo's picture down and we went to sleep the next morning I gave little Leo's picture to Alex and Alex put his hand over the photo and he was sending Leo healing energies Mm -hmm. and about five minutes later Alex came into my room and he said what's wrong with Leo and I said well there's testicular tumor that he's dealing with. And Alex is feeling, he's closing his eyes. He has his hands over Leo's picture. And he says to me, I don't feel anything. He says, his energy feels soft to me. And I said, really? I said, okay, well, just do the session and we'll see what happens. And about three days later, we got a call from the mother. She said that not only did Leo go through the surgery with flying colors, and he was able to come home immediately afterwards. She said that the results from the lab showed absolutely no cancer cells present in the testicular tumor and that the oncologist actually couldn't believe it. So he sent the results Mm -hmm. to a special lab for difficult to diagnose tumors. Mm -hmm. And again, the results had come back, no dead or alive cancer cells present. And the doctor just turned to her and said, I guess sometimes miracles happen and they can't be explained by medicine. Mm. And we were just very, very happy and very, very happy. And Alex said to me, you know, I still don't understand because I didn't feel anything from that boy. Mm-hmm. And then I remembered the bee sting. Mm-hmm. And I said, Alex, I said, I wonder if when I felt that bee sting, that was the release of the energy of the cancer. Yeah, because at the time, I didn't know that Amy did the, the healing on the child. Yeah, I never told him. Because the child was going to have the surgery the following morning early. Mm-hmm. So that's why you know, I was going to do the healing very, very, very early in the morning, right before the surgery. 
but you know, I told Amy, I feel nothing that the child feels pure, you know, and, that, and I, I do remember I said, well, maybe the angels healed him. You remember I said that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Maybe the angels heal them. Yeah. And that's when I that's when I kind of remembered. I wonder, and I told them, I, you know, I sent Leo healing energies, and this is what I experienced. Mm-hmm. And it really, for me, it showed me how energy healing can work, how we all have that ability through our compassion and through unconditional love, mm-hmm. that it can work. And it gave me confidence to continue doing energy healing as well. And Amy still does. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's time for us to experience a little bit of energy healing. I know that Alex and Amy are excited to share a little bit of that healing with us today on our podcast, and I'm excited to experience it myself. So would you like to start? I would love to. Okay. This is what I do personally every day. In the morning for about an hour and a half, I would say, to prepare myself for the day. And I also do this in the afternoon for maybe a half hour and also in the evening. I tell my clients and students, imagine waking up in the morning and your very first thoughts, your very first intention is, I am light. I am love. And I am healing. Imagine the last things that you say to yourself when you go to bed at night, I am light, I am love, and I am healing. What we're going to share with you today is what I do for myself every single day. So I would like everyone to place your hands in the center of your chest. We call these the hands of light, the hands of love, and the hands of healing. Your hands the hands of the divine. And with your inner mind, with your inner thoughts, you simply say, I now bring in to every single cell of my body light, love, and healing. And take a beautiful deep breath as you pull the energy and information of light loving healing out of your hands and with each breath that you take every beat of your heart that flows out of your hands like water entering stimulating awakening and nurturing and healing every single cell of your heart for i now bring in light, love, and healing. And with each breath that you take, every beat of your heart, it expands into your chest, your lungs, the thymus gland, the spinal cord and spine. For I now bring in light, love, and healing. And with great authority and great compassion, you continue to breathe this in as it expands into your neck, your torso, all the way down to your tip of your toes, to the top of your head. For I now bring in to every single cell of my body, 
light, love, and healing. For I now bring in into every single cell of my body light, love, and healing. And with each breath that you take, every beat of your heart, your heart, your entire physical body becomes brighter and brighter, stronger and stronger. It expands into your consciousness, subconscious. For I now bring in into every single cell of my body, light, love, and healing. And with each breath that you take, every beat of your heart that enters into your soul, into your spirit, as they become brighter now than ever before in your life. For I am light. For I am love. For I am healing today. For I am light. I am love. And I am healing today. For I am light. For I am love. For I am healing today. And with each breath that you take, every beat of your heart, your soul, your spirit, your heart, every single cell of your body becomes brighter and brighter, stronger and stronger, more powerful now than ever before in your life. For I am light. For I am love. For I am healing today. For I am light. For I am love. For I am healing today. For I have said it. It is written in the heavens, and it will be done. Okay, my friends, wow. you can put your hands down. Thank you so much. When I do healing work, I usually yawn quite a bit, and sometimes the tearing will happen. That I is noticed, true, yeah. Yeah, when you were doing the energy work, I was yawning with each of those statements, and I noticed the tearing happening for me and i think that's always to me a sign that something's shifting for me exactly one becomes at peace acknowledging that they are the divine mm. but also there's a, a great cleansing of the soul the spirit the heart the body the mind yes mm -hmm. yeah many people do that yeah yeah they go that's through beautiful. that yeah that's wonderful wow okay thank you so much i don't have any more questions, but I wanted to know if there's anything else you want to leave 
those who are listening with before we wrap up our podcast today? Either you or Amy, actually. Yes, I have some information and then I believe Amy does. Mm-hmm. Um, I ask everyone do this for about 15 minutes in the morning when you first wake up. That's how you start your day. I am light. I am love. I am healing. Huh? Mm-hmm. What is not balanced will become balanced mm-hmm. as you continue to practice that. And one can do this also five or 10 minutes in the afternoon. Take a break to nurture your inner child, as we spoke about before. Huh? Mm-hmm. And then 15 minutes in the evening when you're going to bed. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine once again, your last thoughts when you go to sleep? I am light. I am love. And I am healing. You will have that process throughout the whole time that you're asleep. And that's what you become. You truly become that. And you know, just like we breathe air, do your meditation like breathing light. Light is energy. Light is life. I know Amy has some information about some upcoming videos that we're completing here pretty quickly. Also, I just want people to know that every one of us is divine and we are all capable of self-care and accessing the higher energies of light, love, and healing to nurture and to support and to heal ourselves. It's part of who our true essence is. It is our true essence. And take the opportunity to do this for yourself. We are all divine. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Amy. And you wanted to share some uh, upcoming videos? Oh, I just want, we're so excited. We are going to put some videos online that are Alex doing his guided healing sessions in video format. Wonderful. So people who may not be able to get in to see Alex can access a healing session guided by Alex mm-hmm. and what he does for people in their healing session so that they can still engage with Alex. The energy is still there. It's still present. And they will be able to do healing sessions, not only for self-healing, but if they have a loved one who they would like to help assist in healing. We have healing others as well. Yeah. For self-healing, we take the individual to each step to, you know, begin to awaken. We actually, it's awakening your life force energy, this great light, loving, healing energy. So we teach Mm -hmm. people how to awaken it. Mm -hmm. Then how to, where to place it in the different areas of your body. We call these energy points. The uh, people also call them chakras, but it, it's the reproductive area, the stomach, the womb, the uterus, the you know just all the major organs, the lungs, the heart, the thyroid, the neck, the brain. So mm-hmm. it covers everything physically and emotionally. That's the process. So it's awakening and then healing. Heal thyself. Mm-hmm. And at the end, uh, in the last minutes of it, I actually put my hand out and I'm sitting everyone that's watching the video light love and healing it's pretty powerful and and profound I'm so grateful that Amy and I were guided to to create this for people you know because many people have been waiting for it for years for us to have time you know to, to create these and then the second one it's the steps how to prepare yourself before you do a healing on a loved one okay so it's the steps to 
energize, you know, maximize your energy, your light and your power, and then how to nurture, support and heal your loved one. And it doesn't matter what they're dealing with also. If it's cancer, if it's migraines, sleep disorders, heart disease, tumors, stress, stress, anxiety, aches and bite, you know, children, if they have nightmares, you know, anxiety, it's perfect. And then doing that part. And then at the end is how to release any, you know, because we teach individuals to practice non-attachment. We know that they love this individual they're working on. And of course, it could be a family member, an acquaintance, you know, or if you're a healer, a client. But we practice non-attachment and also how to release any energies uh, that are not nurturing that you might have absorbed from the individual due to your love and compassion for them. So we actually teach that in that also. Wonderful. That's excellent. So I want everybody to have a chance to check your website out and make sure that they have a chance to access these wonderful videos when they come out and your website is masteryofenergyhealing.com so they can go there and be able to you know find out all sorts of information about you and and your work and different workshops that are coming up in the future as well so mm-hmm. thank you very much for for sharing that well you're um, welcome thank you dr alice yeah thank you thank you so much for this session So just one more time to access some of the information and also to schedule appointments for Alex Hermosillo. His website is masteryofenergyhealing.com. Their telephone number is 480-345-9972. And his book is called A True Story of Hope, Healing, and Miracles, which details his extraordinary journey to heaven angelic encounters, and miraculous healing abilities, along with inspiring client success stories and take-home techniques that anyone can do. So that's a wonderful book as well. I've actually purchased it in the past and read it and really enjoyed it. So I would love for other people to be able to enjoy your story as well. Thank you both so much for this time that we've been able to share together. I know that the information you give is going to help many people because it's so simple. It's free. It just needs to be practiced, I think. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Practice builds confidence in your skills. Exactly. <laughs> Light and healing. How can it be simpler than that, right? So That's all we need. <laughs> yes. I've really enjoyed today's podcast, being able to learn from Alex and Amy feeling encouraged that all things are possible in terms of our energy work if we can be really open and connected to this divine source of energy that is filled with all sorts of healing possibilities. I know it's not unique to just Alex and Amy. I know that people who really are connected to the source do heal themselves and others. And so it's just something that we need to be aware of and hopefully move towards as we improve our connection to that divine source. For those of you who have really enjoyed today's content, please subscribe to this weekly podcast for more informative insights on holistic psychiatry. Also, please subscribe to my weekly updates on my website, holisticpsychiatrist.com for wonderful stories and developments from my holistic practice and where you'll find links to all my social media platforms 
I wanted to add that also I'm working on helping other people who are interested in learning what I do through workshops. It will probably start off initially as offerings on Zoom as a live workshop that people can join. And so just just a heads up on that so that when it comes out, feel free to sign up for these workshops so that other people can start to learn what it is that I do in my holistic psychiatry practice. So until next time, let's keep building our well-being from the thought up and have a wonderful, joyful week. The content provided by this podcast is for informational purposes only and has not been approved by the US FDA. This podcast is not intended to provide personal medical advice, which should be obtained from a medical professional. An Ironic Media Production. Visit us at ironicmedia.com.